Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and I'm excited to be joined in the studio today by my fellow USG staff member, Adam Morande. Adam joined our staff in the summer of 2022 as the Director of Ministry Advancement and has done a tremendous job of stewarding the resources the Lord has given us to have an impact in the sport industry for God's glory. Adam, thanks for joining us today. Thanks. Great to be here. Absolutely, brother. And Adam, I'd love to start today's conversation by having you share a little bit about your journey to USG. You have an impressive background in the sport industry, and you didn't come to Christ until later in your life, which I find to be a really unique and cool part of your story. Mm, yeah. I, uh, you know, I always grew up with a, with a love for sports. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was a high school basketball coach, still is to this day. Wow. Um, but around the time I was in middle school, I also discovered that I, I had a passion for uh, for drinking and smoking uh, <laughs> on the bike path on the way to school. And, and that kind of led me down a journey all through high school and, and college where mm. I wasn't as dedicated to sports as I should be. I was more dedicated to the party after sports. Mm. Um, and it all kind of came to a head uh, when I was a sophomore in college. I was driving yeah. a group of, of friends down to down to the bars around 10 o'clock at night uh, in no condition to drive, and, and it ended up getting in an accident. And um, it was just a turning point, and, and mm. the Lord delivered me from, 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 that, from that accident. I didn't, I, nobody was injured. It was just mm. a minor fender bender. Yeah. Uh, but again, just a wake-up call, and, and I started yeah. to do things the right way. I got serious about school. Uh, I rediscovered my passion for sports, mm-hmm. uh, got into the strength and conditioning uh, yeah. profession. So cool. Uh, got my master's degree, mm-hmm. and then I ended up graduating. I spent a couple years in minor league baseball working in the Seattle Mariners organization. Mm-hmm. Then my wife moved up to Minneapolis. I followed her and started mm-hmm. at a small college, the first ever strength and conditioning coach at a, at a small college. And mm-hmm. I was doing all the right things. We were engaged, uh, about to be married. Um, working a good job, had a master's degree. Mm-hmm. But even though all those things were going right, I still had this feeling of a, like a weight. It's hard to describe, but like something weighing me down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I could never figure out what it was. Yeah. Uh, but I had people speaking into my life at the time, the coaching staff around me, mm-hmm. um, some mentors from church. We were going to church even, and, and, and again, doing all the right things. But it wasn't until I was sitting in a men's leadership class during church and we were talking about how to lead other people to Christ. Mm. We were talking about praying the sinner's prayer. And uh, it dawned on me sitting there, we were talking about you know, how mm-hmm. we've all sinned and fallen short. And 
that there's no way to pay the price for our sins. No, no amount of good works or, or good mm -hmm. things we can do could pay the price for those sins. But the good news is that we have a Savior in Jesus who, mm -hmm. who came to pay the price for all of our sins, and that if yeah. we put our faith and trust in Him, we're forgiven for our sins, and, mm -hmm. and we get the chance to live life forever in heaven with Him. Amen. And I was sitting there, and I was like, that's me. I'm, I'm trying to make up for my past by doing good works. And mm. it was right there. I was like, I've never prayed that prayer. And, and, and I prayed that prayer. I accepted the Lord into my life. And it was like that weight was lifted mm. off. And looking back on it now, I think it was a lack of assurance of, of my salvation. I think yeah. I, was, I wasn't I was sure I was, I was doing enough good things to make mm -hmm. up for the bad that I had done in the past. Yeah. Um, and that moment just just changed my life when I met mm -hmm. Jesus, and and from that moment on, I think He's been gradually kind of working on my heart and working on my life, mm -hmm. um, and and bringing me uh, closer and closer to Him, mm -hmm. and and giving me the opportunity to tell my story with others and, yeah. and share His story with others as well. Yeah, it's really awesome, Adam, just to even hear your journey of mm -hmm. you know talking about success in the sport industry, and you were at the small college, first ever strength coach, doing things the right way, engaged. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and all of that's awesome, right, on, on paper, but there's always this, and I hear this in so many testimonies, there's this weight, there's this something that isn't right, something mm -hmm. that's that's still holding you back from from truly finding joy in life. And I think, you know, obviously as believers, we can look back as hindsight's twenty twenty and know mm -hmm. that it's it was a lack of, of a relationship with the living God. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, for you, that's, um, you know, such a, a pivotal part of your story, and I think mm -hmm. that's what is encouraging to hear from you is, is you know, you, you responded to that, right? You, you pursued the Lord, and, mm -hmm. and there were people in your life that helped you do that. And, mm -hmm. you know, Adam, I think your journey as well is an awesome segue into today's topic, uh, which is answering the question of what is God's purpose for my life? And this mm -hmm. is certainly not an easy question to answer, and I'm, I'm sure it was a challenge for you to, to find the answer to this question for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to start with the Bible, obviously, and answering a lot of these questions. And so, I'd love for you to share, what does the Bible say about our purpose as, as followers of Christ? Mm, yeah, I think, um, I think this topic really hit home for me I, as I transitioned on from, from Augsburg College, or from the small college, then, mm -hmm. I, then I made my way into the private sector, yeah. uh, working at the, the Mayo Clinic Sports Medicine Center. Um, and it was while I was there that the, that the Lord really, really spoke to me. I think when you look through the Bible... Um, and you look for God's purpose, I think, you know, number one, his purpose is for your salvation. Um, you find that in, in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Second uh, Peter 3, verse 9, and Ephesians 1, 5. I think you can also see that his purpose for your life is mm -hmm. to be conformed into him, his image. As soon as Genesis 1, 26, uh, Ephesians 2, 10, 2 Timothy 1, 9. Um, and then... Finally, to give him the glory and to tell others about him. And you think mm. about the Great Commission in, in Matthew chapter 28, uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in my name and teaching them to obey my commandments. Mm -hmm. And so I think you know his purpose for, for all of our lives is, is threefold. Number one, that we be saved. Number two, that we become more like him. And number mm -hmm. three, that, that we share um, with others about him. Yeah, absolutely, Adam. And you know, I think it's it's so cool to hear that from you as well, just, you know, sharing the scripture on that. And I think mm -hmm. that's, you know, kind of as I already mentioned, it's the best way to understand what is God's purpose for my life. And I think a, a challenge for young people is we often seek purpose in so many other things that, that aren't scripture. And we, and we try to understand my purpose through our human lens and our temporal lens. And I think there's, 
There's so much wisdom in God's word and giving us a foundation for that. And, and Adam, I want to follow up as well. I think it, you know, obviously reading scripture gives us a good foundation, an overall purpose for our, our purpose in Christ. But I'd love to hear from you. During your time working in sports as a follower of Jesus, how did you live out that purpose that you just outlined in scripture uh, during your time working in, in strength and conditioning? Mm, you know, I think... Um I think I had an experience. Uh, it was when I was working at the the Mayo Clinic Sports Medicine Center in the in the, in the private sector. I was on the way home from work one day. I was listening to to a gentleman uh, preach, and he was he was talking about Acts chapter chapter one. Uh, sorry, Acts chapter twenty two, uh, where Paul is redescribing his conversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll just read through it a little bit. Yeah, and this will give a little bit of background on 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 how I came to find my purpose in, in mm-hmm. to USG and maybe be encouraging to some others. Yeah. Um, he's Paul saying, about noon I came near Damascus and suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed all around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, who you are persecuting, he replied. Now my companions saw the light, but they didn't understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord, I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you'll be told all that you have been assigned to do. And um, what stuck out to me talking through that, that little passage there was, was Paul's question. Uh, mm-hmm. And his question was, one, who are you? Yeah. And then two, what shall I do? And at the time I was listening, I didn't know what the Lord was calling me to do. He put a stirring in my heart to do something more. Mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, but that question really stuck with me. And, and it was in my car, stuck in rush hour traffic, that I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? And, and the answer was he wanted me to go into ministry. Mm. It took me four years to discover where in ministry that was. Yeah. And it was a long journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the first step, if, if you're searching or seeking out God's purpose for your life, is to go and get a word from the Lord and, mm. and ask Him. And the answer may not be immediate, right. but con- continually, continuing to pursue Him yeah. and ask Him, I think is very important because you need that word from the Lord before you go ahead and, and continue on your journey. Yeah. And then He kind of sent me on, on my journey. And I think the second important lesson He taught me uh, along that journey was that what was, in, and it's something we teach our athletes all the time, what was important wasn't the end goal. He had given mm-hmm. me a word that I was going to be full-time in ministry, but that wasn't the most important thing. What was important was the journey. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was reading through a great devotional I like is the Oswald Chambers devotion, devotional, and he was talking about yeah. uh, Mark chapter 6, where, where Jesus walks on the water. Um, and he told his disciples to go in the boat. The wind and the waves came up. They were scared. And then they saw Jesus mm-hmm. walking on the water, and yeah. they forgot about the wind and the waves and mm-hmm. said immediately when Jesus got into the boat, they arrived at the other side. Mm-hmm. And it just really stuck out to me that, that God's purpose for me is to keep my eyes on Jesus as the, as the wind and the waves and, mm-hmm. and, and all the troubles and, and the turmoils mm-hmm. and, and things of this life are going on around me. Yeah. Um, and to be, depend on him and his purposes and his power yeah. to help me now, yeah. today. 
so it go, it kind of went back for me to that to that Matthew chapter twenty eight to make disciples and 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 who is the Lord leading me to today, mm-hmm. and and how can I glorify Him and keep my eyes on Jesus while I'm working in the the secular like the the sports industry and right. so that became pretty powerful for me I'd, I'd seek opportunities to to engage in the lives of of my coworkers and just take them out to coffee get to know them so didn't cool. always lead to uh to a gospel conversation Man. sometimes it led to prayer yeah. but it led to a relationship and mm-hmm. and and the building of trust which eventually led to the opportunity to share my faith yeah. um I also had downtime where I was able to engage with, we were right downtown Minneapolis with the homeless community. I had 30 minute breaks here and there and I'd go and prayer mm-hmm. walk around the streets. And, and again, it gave me a chance to, to pray for people, to get to know the people who are out there and invest myself in, into mm-hmm. their lives. And I think That's um, really cool. just investing myself into other people's lives uh, mm-hmm. became very important to me and became the way for me to to share the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, to share the hope that I have in Jesus uh, with those around me. Yeah, Adam, that's that, that's amazing to hear. And, you know, I think a challenge, and, and I want to just kind of go off what you said, a challenge for young people is you're working in sports, you're pursuing this career, you, you desire to have success, and that, and that's all great. Like, I, I would never turn anyone away from, you know, a desire to be in this industry, but they often feel like, well, because I'm pursuing this career, I, I got to focus on me and I can't really do this ministry stuff. You know, that's kind of like the, the thing that holds people back is this focus on, you know, I have to be successful. I have to focus. But what I love that you said is you weren't like, you were still doing your job. You were still doing what you were required to do with, with Mayo, right? But there was downtime where you were able to go out into the community, right, of the homeless people in downtown Minneapolis and serve. There was time where you took coworkers out for coffee or lunch and we're able to share. And I think for our listeners, that is something so pivotal and so simple that you can replicate during your journey in the in the sport industry. You can take coworkers to lunch or to coffee, build a trusting relationship and share the gospel. I mean, that's what this is all about, right? Yes, it's it's great if you're doing well in your career. It's great if you have success. But all of that is temporary and it doesn't change lives. And we have the opportunity as disciples of Jesus to change eternities. And I think that is the highest calling. If you don't think it is, then you need to really kind of take a self-reflection time because that is the highest calling we have. And, you know, Adam, I think about as well the fact that you did go downtown Minneapolis and engage with the homeless. You know, I think that's, for a lot of people, that would be a little uh, scary, maybe maybe something that would not be comfortable. I know for me, you know, going out and doing homeless outreach is very uncomfortable, even after doing it, you know, countless times. And, and I think about what Jesus did in uh, John 4, we, we just read John as a staff last week, and you know Jesus said he had to go through Samaria, but in fact, he did not. Actually, many Jews, when they traveled from uh, Galilee to Judea, purposefully went around Samaria. There was mm. definitely other opportunities to, to pass by. And it said in the scripture, he had to go, and it wasn't because you know geographically he had to, it was because he had to. It was mm-hmm. his mission, it was his purpose. And and Jews at that time hated Samarians, and Samarians hated Jews, and it was a rift uh, in the culture. Um, but Jesus went through Samaria. He met with a Samaritan woman, which is even more outlandish in, in, in the times. And um, eventually, you know, you read in John four thirty nine that because of Jesus' interaction with this woman, many came mm-hmm. to salvation. It's amazing, right? If you haven't read that, it's, it's worth a read. And, and I think, Adam, I think about what's our Samaria? What's mm-hmm. our region within the sport industry or within our community in which we are not comfortable going and many other people aren't as well. 
And I think your example of the homeless is is perfect, right? Who else is doing that during their lunch hour? Mm -hmm. Very few people, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think as Jesus followers, we can stand out in the way that we impact our community. Mm -hmm. So that was very long-winded, but I think, you know, it's a great example of, of, um, doing ministry in our work. Who is mm-hmm. who is our Samaria? Where is our Samaria? And how can we go and, and make an impact for Christ in that area? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, uh, just to follow up on that, I think if you look at any great team, um, I think I just watched the uh, the documentary on, on North Carolina State and Jim Valvano with, with the kids not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing that stuck out with that group, they won the national championship in 1983. I'm going to say it was 1983. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one thing that stuck out about that group was the genuine love they had for one another. And I think that's another thing we're called to do is, mm-hmm. is to love, right? And yeah. so love your neighbor. And and I think just, just loving on the people around you mm-hmm. and, and engaging with them and showing them you care um, – yeah. really just helps to build that community. It, it does help to give an open door for, for the gospel yes. and, and share your faith. Um, mm. But it develops a culture within your organization of love and genuine mm. care and concern for one another. And yeah. so beyond, um, it's like twofold, beyond uh, strengthening, encouraging others and, and, and hoping to see them come to salvation, it also builds a really strong team mm. um, and, and a strong organization. So yeah. um, those those stops where I was at, that was the one thing I was I was struck with that that as you go about your daily business of of investing yourself into the lives of others, just how strong those teams and, and those groups become yeah. uh, because of that genuinely genuine care and concern for one another. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's really no better place to do that than within the the workplace that you're in, mm-hmm. right? Because you're around those people more than you're anybody right mm-hmm. when you're at work you're there for eight nine ten hours a day right and that's a great opportunity to build those relationships and I think about what Jesus did when he was doing ministry and, and he often met the needs of people physical mm-hmm. needs um, and uh, think about the the people with leprosy right he healed them and in and, and, and Luke chapter 9 it was only two that came back right but those two were you know were given salvation and mm-hmm. Uh, you think about he he first met their needs, right? Mm-hmm. They were sick, they needed healing. And I think in our context, you know, we often forget that people do have physical earthly needs that that we can meet, right? That, mm-hmm. and, and there's different ways to do that. there's there's obviously different scenarios that you know we can help. But I think just being aware, having the spiritual antennas, what Pastor Dave at Grace mm-hmm. Church here in uh, Eden Prairie you know, calls it as the spiritual antenna. And I think we have to have that, mm-hmm. right of, where are areas I can help? How can I be of service today? How can I wash the feet today of somebody in my organization? And being intentional with that, I think mm-hmm. it's huge as well. You know, Adam, I want to follow up as well, talking about your time in sports before you jumped into ministry. Mm-hmm. What were some obstacles that you faced in living out God's purpose for you as you were working in sports full-time? Well, I think uh, sports is filled with, uh, with an eclectic bunch. Uh, you have people from all walks of life, all different backgrounds, and and all different kind of personalities. Mm-hmm. And I think the personalities can be uh, can be extremely trying. You have some individuals who are extremely hard to get along with, um, yeah. and and that can that can make it difficult. Uh, you know, I, I really struggled with with forgiveness sometimes in 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 my day to day. You know, particularly when I was at the small college, I had twenty one sports that I was primarily responsible for, which is which is a large task, and, and you have a diverse, like I said, 
in terms of personalities, coaching staffs, and and some coaches were just really hard to get along with, mm-hmm. and and I struggled for quite a bit uh, of time with forgiving them for for things they might have said to me or, or mm-hmm. some offenses they they may have caused me or, or things that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned during my time there just how important forgiveness was and and continuing to to turn the other cheek and continuing to try to get to know the reasons for why mm-hmm. maybe they they lash out like they do or or they feel the way they do about about certain things yeah. and i think that really helped um to build the bridge in in those relationships with those individuals not that we always became buddies but um yeah. but it still gave me a chance to um you know like i said in 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 purpose number two is is living a holy life. It, it gave mm-hmm. me a purpose to to stand out as someone being somebody who is different mm-hmm. when maybe they expected when they attacked me me to me to come back at them yeah. pretty hard, but instead coming back at them with love I think yeah. um, was was unique. So I think the personalities were a little bit a little bit challenging um, in in the sports industry. Uh, I think sometimes it's it's not always an open spot to share your faith. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't leading Bible studies every week um, yeah. on campus or, or, or as a group, but it was really during those one-on-one times, grabbing mm-hmm. coffee or, or small group times where I mm-hmm. get uh, on road trips with individuals where we just had a chance to talk mm-hmm. and it came up naturally in conversation. Yeah. So it wasn't as, um, it wasn't as uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, as, as, as clear and, and, and it didn't stick out as, as mm-hmm. direct evangelism. It was yeah. more done on a, on a personal basis. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that is maybe the way it had to be, or maybe that's the way the Lord wanted it to be yeah. in order for me to reach some of these people who <clears throat> were probably, you would consider uh, pretty unreachable. I remember mm-hmm. one, of our, one of our wrestlers, I had the opportunity to take him on a trip to, to Fargo, North Dakota for a tournament because he was ineligible and suspended. He had he had tossed his yeah. buddy through a through a uh, living room window and he had cut up his hand and he was kind of a mess. He was he was a wild man, right? And um, I had the opportunity to share my faith with him during that trip. We were just talking about life and and I just remember what a great opportunity it was. And and he didn't come to give his life to Christ. Then he told me, Coach, I think I'm always going to miss it. Is what he said. Um, <laughs> But about three years later, he came to me in the weight room and called me brother. You know, I was like, wow. and he kept saying it. I was like, what's wrong with you? You know, and he's like, I gave my life to Christ. I got baptized yesterday, coach. And I was like, wow. no way, you know. And so um, mm. those little moments are just so rewarding and so special. Mm. Um, and the opportunity to engage with, with with individuals and small groups like that was just, was truly a blessing And during my time in sports. It's so cool, Adam. And you know, I, I kind of want to highlight a few things that you said that stood out to me. And the first is holy living, right? And, and I think one of the hardest things to do in any job is is dealing with people day in, day out, coworkers mm-hmm. especially. I think there's, a, we, we just face disagreements. You know, sometimes somebody does something that you don't agree with and you wish they didn't do that, but it's just, it's part of the game, right? You just mm-hmm. have to deal with that, especially in sports. And I've noticed the young, in, in the period when you're working in sports as a young person, it's highly competitive because you are climbing the same ladder that so many other people are trying to climb. And so you're going to have people that are maybe not loving you the way you wish they would mm-hmm. or not serving you the, the way you think they should. And it's going to cause you to, to be frustrated. And I think one of the best ways we can stand out is, is living differently, mm-hmm. right? And, and changing our attitude and, and changing the way we talk. You know, a huge thing in sport is, is cussing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, 
I, uh, I've seen coaches plenty of times use, use cuss words as a strategy to, to motivate. And, you know, I think one way you can stand out is by not doing that. I had a coach, mm-hmm. I think many people know this already, but I was a student manager at Butler University and, and our head coach during my time there was, um, an awesome guy and, and a strong believer. And, you know, in the four years that he was there as a division one coach, he never said one curse word. Mm-hmm. And that always stands out. I, I've actually said this on the podcast before that, that same story, but it always is something that I remember because for three of my four years there, I wasn't a believer. And I used to think he was corny mm-hmm. and, and a little goofy. I'm like, man, this guy doesn't really have it all together. He, he doesn't curse like the other coaches do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, he was living out his witness and, and, and mm-hmm. he was, he was living holy, right? He was choosing a different way. Um, and he was still very successful during my time there. We were number five in the country during my junior season. Um, unfortunately, that was the COVID uh, pandemic, so we missed the tournament because everybody did. Um, and it was just it was fun to see him mm-hmm. living out his witness. But back to your point of that's one way we can be different. That's one way we can show ourselves to be um, followers of Christ and stand out without even using our words, right, just mm-hmm. as our actions. And then I love what you said, too, of, you know, those personal relationships, right? And, and maybe it's not a Bible study. Maybe it's not taking somebody to church. Um, but maybe it is that, that bus ride up to the game or that mm-hmm. car ride with teammates and, uh, and coworkers when you can just be able to share your testimony. Mm-hmm. And um, also love, too, that in that moment, right, that, that, that player, that um, mm-hmm. wrestler wasn't really like, oh, man, it's probably not for me. But then a few years later, the, you know, the Lord does amazing mm-hmm. things and he changes lives. And so... Um, we are seed planters and, and mm-hmm. God is the, is the farmer. And I think we have to remember our, just play our role, right? Play mm-hmm. your role and, and do what you're called to do. And I think that's when God can really, uh, use your purpose to, to really fulfill his. I think that's mm-hmm. something that stands out. So, and, and I don't want to sugarcoat it. I don't think like, it's not easy, No, you know, yeah, and, and especially the higher up you climb, right? Like I was at a small division three school, but as I transitioned into, uh, we were we were embedded with the Timberwolves and Lynx practice facility at, at, at when I was at Mayo Clinic, but but in the professional sports realm, not necessarily with the Timberwolves or, or the Lynx, but in the professional sports realm, you're right, it gets pretty competitive, right? Everybody's mm. after everybody else's job, yeah. and and the hardest part for for me was always reminding myself of just who I was before Christ and the grace that 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 God has shown me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is really what helped me as I attempted to show grace to others was That's I had huge. to be really aware on a daily basis of, of God's grace and, mm-hmm. and, and my own salvation and, yeah. and just how much he loves me. And that, that allowed me to, um, mm-hmm. to extend that, to extend that grace to others. So again, it was, yeah. a, it was a day, day by day, you know, just praying and, and, and praying that the Lord would remind me of, of his graciousness toward me and allowing mm-hmm. me to have that same grace and act with that same grace toward others yeah. because it, it can be really hard. That's a huge takeaway. And yeah, definitely it's, it's a challenge. And I, and I love how you mentioned that it is something that we can't sugarcoat. And we mm-hmm. have to be, be very aware of, of the grace we've been given mm-hmm. in order to give grace to others. Um, and, and Adam, I think too, probably many of our listeners are, are challenged by this conversation because it can be hard to practically live out God's God's purpose uh, within your career. I think that's just one of the, the hardest things to do is to connect faith and career. And you know, I'd love to hear from you. What are some practical tips you would give any listeners who are struggling to walk in their purpose um, hmm. in, in the sport industry? Yeah, I think um, I think uh, something that I'm coming to understand more and more lately uh, is the importance of living each day for itself. Mm. I think. Uh, this was especially true of my walk in the sports industry was 
I, I was at a small college. I didn't want to be at a small college, right? Yeah. I wanted to be at a big college. Mm -hmm. And I think my eyes quite often were on opportunities that were above and beyond where I was. Mm -hmm. But I think what the Lord really has shown me is that it's not about the end product. Like I mentioned earlier, it's mm -hmm. it's about the process. And we talk about that again all, all the time with our athletes. It's, it's about the process of getting yeah. better each and every day in practice. Yeah. And then the product will take care of itself. Um, so really depending on, on, um, on taking each day for itself, mm -hmm. I think was, was really important or, or has been really important um, for me. Yeah. Uh, the, the second thing, like I mentioned earlier, is really investing yourself. I heard it said one time, the only thing you can do better on earth than you can in heaven is to invest yourselves into the lives of others. Mm -hmm. And that's something I really took uh, wow. to be true during my time in sports. And, and how could I invest myself and, and get to know and, and serve those around me on a daily basis? And, and for me, I was in coaching and, and coaching is about serving and it is about teaching. And, and for me, that not only helped me to uh, live out the gospel in the sports industry, but it also helped me to be more successful as a coach because the individuals I was coaching knew that I cared about them, mm -hmm. right? And when you when your athletes or the people you work with know that you care about them, it it helps them to work even harder. They want to work yeah. hard for you, and so yeah. um, so I think you know just really investing yourself into the lives of of those around you. And again, it's it's not easy. It can be hard. People have messy things they're dealing with and messy lives, mm -hmm. and it may it may take time you don't have right to yeah. like stop and and hear this this story about something that's going on in somebody else's life. Yeah. Um, but I've just found that it it, it pays a ton of dividends mm. um, down the road, and and really that's that's what led to partly to my salvation. It was yeah. it was time spent with with this this coaching staff, particularly a wrestling coaching staff who were very success successful, won quite a few national championships. We had quite a few national champions, but the time spent at tournaments wasn't so much talking about uh, X's and O's. It was talking about how they could prepare these these young men to be better um, sons and husbands and, and fathers in the future and, mm -hmm. and, and really help them to develop as, as people. Yeah. And um, I think the more we can continue to do that and help to develop our the people around us that, that we work with in the sports industry as people and invest ourselves into their lives, I think then those conversations naturally happen uh, and those relationships naturally develop. Yeah, and I love that, Adam. And, you know, I think something that we often forget is one of our highest callings as, as believers, and Jesus says, first command is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and second is love your neighbor as yourself. I think those have become just so like, uh, just cliche almost in the mm -hmm. church in church culture is like oh yeah like love your neighbor as yourself but we forget what that really means right mm -hmm. and, and like the heart of that and and I'm guilty of it too of is that my highest priority every day is, is loving others as myself um, and and I always hear it said too that um, I'm trying to think of what the quote is is um, I am third have you heard that mm -hmm. before of it's mm -hmm. it's it's Jesus it's others then it's you right mm -hmm. I am third is, is the is the kind of quote. And I think about that all the time of how often am I third, right? And, and how can I reflect on that as I walk through my job? And I think for our listeners in, in learning from what you said and practical tips is service is one of the best ways that we can get down to the nitty gritty of how can I be alongside of this individual? How can I walk alongside of them and be able to bring the gospel to them? And, you know, I think about 
you know, Jesus and, and Simon Peter, right? And, and Jesus had a few interactions with Simon Peter prior to Simon Peter uh, coming to be a disciple. There was the time when Andrew was um, near John the Baptist and, and saw the heavens open and the dove descend on Jesus. And Andrew went back to Simon and was like, I saw the Messiah, right? And, 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 and Simon's reaction is not recorded there, but obviously they had a, an exchange about that. And so mm-hmm. Simon's antenna was up like, oh, there might be the Messiah. And then in another interaction in, in Luke chapter, I think it's four, um, you know, Simon's mother is really ill and Jesus comes into Simon's house and heals her of a fever. And that's before Simon was a disciple. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus is teaching on the shore of, um, uh, I, th- I forget the name of the lake, Gethsemane, I forget the name, but he's teaching on the, on the shore of a lake and it's in Simon Peter's boat that he chooses to teach. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when the, Simon goes out and catches the, the huge catch and, and mm-hmm. that's when Simon comes to be not only a believer and receive salvation, but also become a disciple. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think about what well, Jesus just served Simon. Mm-hmm. He served him a few times. He was a part of his life in small increments and was, and was walking alongside of him. And then at the right time, he, he offered that uh, a gift of salvation and, and the opportunity to walk with him. And, mm-hmm. and so I think we need to have a similar mentality. And the reason I bring Jesus up there is he, he's the standard that we need to live by. And I think that's um, something that we can replicate in sports is that service and the attitude of, of coming alongside of people in their lives. Mm-hmm. So very well said, Adam. Yeah. I think, uh, I think another important thing to remember is, is just what you're touching on there. It's like, what is our end goal, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, and, and what is the purpose of this end goal? Yeah. Right. For me, it was to be a, a strength coach in, in division one college football and I have friends who are there doing it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I often think now, then what, right? Because yeah. because you attain these these certain levels and have this success, but but it's it's never enough. And I think that's why you find so many like like celebrities who go off the rails. They have all the money, they have all the fame, mm. but they go off the rails because that isn't what satisfies you, right? You Amen. you were made in God's image, and, and God is a spirit, and and it's your spirit that needs to be satisfied, mm. and and. It, it's not the the successes, the wins and losses, and those things. Like yeah. God will give you that platform, and yes, if 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 He is giving you those talents, go develop those talents and and seek that platform. But while you're doing that, it's a, a important to keep in mind that it, it it's not that platform that's going to satisfy you. It's no. it's doing yeah. His will and and depending on Him and in a relationship with Jesus that's really going to satisfy your soul mm-hmm. and, and give you that contentment and that peace that yeah. surpasses all understanding. Yeah, and I think, too, that there could almost be a false hope within sports that for some reason that if we reach this, mm-hmm. if I reach this level, if I reach this status, then somehow I'll be, I'll be satisfied and that's when I'll be a servant. That's when I'll <clears throat> do God's will. And I think we need to don't shift our mindset of, you know, as I journey through the sport industry and wherever God leads me, because reaching that that spot or that position that you want to be in is not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the mission field you have is right mm-hmm. the, the the now living in the moment. I think you, you said that a few minutes ago too of just being in the moment and being um, in in the spot where you're you're called to be in in that season of life. So. And when you look back on it, it's it's it's. It's the journey to those championships and, and the title yeah. that you remember and the people along the way, um, yeah. not so much not so much that that mm-hmm. cr- you remember the crowning moment, but but yeah. really when you reflect on it, it's the people and, and the journey that you remember to mm-hmm. get there. Absolutely, and 
You know, Adam, I think one thing that really stands out to me about your story and coming on staff here at USG is, is you felt called to leave the sport industry and pursue a career in ministry. Was it difficult for you to leave behind a, a career that you loved and a career that you invested in? And what made you so sure that God's purpose for you had shifted to working directly in ministry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think it goes back to what, what we talked about earlier about, about living living out God's purpose for, for your life right now um, mm-hmm. and, and taking it day by day. In this season of my life, this is, this is where he, he has called me to. I don't know that I'll, that I'll always be here, right? Mm-hmm. But, but I know he's called, me, he's called me here now, and it was hard to leave the sports industry. I think the relationships I mentioned that you develop are, are so tight-knit. You're given a unique opportunity in sports that you're not given a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. Um, You'll you hear it said in in like ministry and, and discipleship that the thing they wish they had more would be time with people, yeah. and it's like in the sports industry you have that time. Tons. I mean, you're at practice, you're on road trips, all those things, mm. and so, so I really do miss that time and the depth of the relationships mm. that that you're that you're able to develop. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it, it goes back to getting a word from from God, and and His word was that He wanted me to mm. go into the ministry. It, it took me four years to figure out where where that was. Yeah. And I went down a lot of different roads, but I'm thankful to the Lord that as I went down those roads, he allowed me to, mm. to trust in him and keep my ears open and my heart open and listen to him for when he would say no to opportunities. And, yeah. and then when the opportunity came about here, to tell you the truth, I, I wasn't going to mm-hmm. apply for it. And yeah. and I wasn't I wasn't interested, mm-hmm. but sometimes he speaks through those around you. And it was my wife who said you got to do this. And mm-hmm. then it was through a mentor of mine who then the next wow. day mentioned, hey, you should consider this opportunity. And I thought, okay, mm-hmm. if she's saying it and and he's saying it, maybe it's something I should look into. Yeah. Um, and as I investigated it, the Lord just made it clear that that this is this mm-hmm. is where you should be. And yeah. and so that gave me that gave me great confidence when I when I came out of of the job in sports, knowing mm-hmm. that I was in the right place. And I, I, th- I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to lean on the Lord and, and trust in Him um, because I'm not equipped to be where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm uh, the director of ministry advancement after working as a strength and conditioning coach mm-hmm. for 15 years. There's a lot yeah. of things that, that yeah. I don't know, mm-hmm. and it can be really hard at times, and, and you can really doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. But the only thing I can lean on is knowing yeah. that God has put me here right now and that that God doesn't call the equipped right he, he equips the called and Amen. so I'm yeah. I'm here to depend and again it goes back to depending on him I, d- yeah. I don't think he's given me the skills because he wants me to get on my knees and pray to him and rely yeah. on him and his power to help move things forward yeah and, and you know Adam one thing that really has always impressed me about your story and and it's, it's actually almost been a year since you've been here which is really mm-hmm. awesome is you, you had a very successful career, and, and you knew a lot about strength and conditioning. I'm sure it, it's, it was a passion and still is a passion of yours, yet you were willing to, to make a change and, and I'm sure you know, take less money and, and, and different hours and everything to glorify the Lord and obey Him. And I think so many of, of us as young people in sports, and I can even think about my own journey, is we can idolize the career so much that even if God is calling us, <clears throat> excuse me, away to a different team or to a, a different a different organization or ministry, we can just quiet those thoughts like, oh no, no, Lord, like you're you're not calling me there. And 
you know, and I, I think for, for many young people, it, it can be a challenge to, to give up that dream and, and to find what, you know, God really is calling you to. And so I think for our listeners, you know, not all of us are called to ministry as you mm-hmm. were, but I think, you know, all of us are called to something. And, and we have to trust that God is leading us in, in the place that is best for us and, mm-hmm. and more importantly, best for the advancement of his kingdom. And, and so, Adam, I think that's really something that encourages me. And, and I want to follow up with it as well, because I, I don't want... I don't want our listeners to get the wrong idea that they have to work in ministry to mm-hmm. do ministry. I think that's a common misconception is you can only do ministry if you're a pastor or if you're working in ministry as you and I are. But is it possible to, to work in sports yet still do ministry? Yeah, I think um, I think some people have more powerful <clears throat> ministries. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, was, I was in a conversation the other day with, with, a, with a young woman who's working mm-hmm. in sports, and, and I think... You know your previous point about um, just being just being a good listener and mm-hmm. spending time with the Lord, spend time with Him in prayer yeah. and in the Word. I think that's so crucial to to anyone's walk and, and anyone's mm-hmm. ability to discover what God's what God's purpose is for their life. Because it may not be that He wants you to. He may, it may be that He wants you to stay where you're at, mm-hmm. right? And and yeah. and it's important to to be okay with that and. And to realize that there's a reason he has you in the spot you're at right mm. now, and um, I think that's I think that's particularly important for our young young men and women in the sports industry is is just what a powerful platform it is. Like I mentioned, the time you have and the relationships mm-hmm. you're able to develop, um, it, it can make a tremendous impact for the Lord. And mm. and and that's my story, and that's why why I'm here. Right, that yeah. that group. Of, of coaches who invested themselves into sharing with me their faith mm-hmm. and sharing their care and concern for others. It, you know, I mentioned I gave my life to Christ in, in that men's leadership class, but at yeah. the same time, those those guys were pouring into me. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I mentioned my story with, with that wrestler and, and sharing my story with him. It's like, look at the opportunities you have yeah. to share your story and to help others get to know Christ, so and good. and it's just such an incredible, mm-hmm. um, it's such an incredible industry, and it's such an incredible, incredible platform, yeah. uh, an incredible opportunity that you have while you're working in sports, um, to share and to mm-hmm. help others, to help others to develop. And so, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's so why good. I'm here is is to help equip our young men and women in in the sports industry to to do that. And mm-hmm. and it may I may be in ministry now, but but I want to equip those who are in sports to to affect the world around them for Christ and and to help them to share the hope that they have in Christ mm-hmm. with others, um, because again, like we mentioned earlier, it's it's it it's not the the championships that we're going to remember; it's the relationships mm-hmm. in in the people, mm-hmm. um, and and it. I just keep thinking of how awesome it's going to be to like high five in heaven with all those people who yeah. I've had the opportunity to share my faith with or who Man. have come to Christ and yeah. and just what a what a great reunion it's going to be mm-hmm. in heaven and and really that's what it's all about is sure it's is. about that that time in heaven uh, and and not so much our time mm-hmm. here on earth. Yeah, you know, Adam, I think one thing that stood out to me and what you said to answer that question is, you know, oftentimes when you're working in a secular workplace and working in sports around a lot of people of, of different backgrounds, belief systems, you know, stories, right? Your ministry is almost a little better than mm-hmm. if you did work in ministry. You know, there's a ton of blessings of working here at USG, but we're surrounded by believers, mm-hmm. right? And so our mission field is not exactly in, in the office as much as it is, you know, in, in the sport industry and, and elsewhere. 
But if you're working in sports, you're daily surrounded by people that, that don't know Christ mm-hmm. and, and who need someone of a follower of Christ to be around them. And, mm-hmm. and that's just amazing, right? That every day you walk into the office, you have that opportunity and you can be a light mm-hmm. and a witness. Um, and so I think that that is something that really can encourage our young people mm-hmm. of, you know, hey, your, your mission field is right where you are and you don't need to be in ministry to be a missionary. Mm-hmm. We're all missionaries, right? Christ calls us all to make yeah. disciples. And I think that is it's so encouraging. And that's why we exist, right? That's mm-hmm. why USG is a ministry is because our hope and desire is that young people will be those quote unquote missionaries in the sport industry um, and changing lives, changing eternities. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that is so much uh, better than any championship, any, any job promotion, any dollar amount you could possibly mm-hmm. make in this industry. So love that, Adam. And you know, I think that just as our listeners reflect on that, um, just processing their own ministry and, and what God has called them to. Mm-hmm. And Adam, now that you're established in, in your role here at USG, it's, it's almost been a year, as I said earlier, uh, as the Director of Ministry Advancement, what is your vision for the future of this ministry and for our members? Yeah, I'd just love to see. Uh, I, I was having this thought the other day of um, of the battlefield, uh, and and we were praying through Ephesians chapter six and mm-hmm. and talking about the the spiritual forces of darkness, right? And yeah. and um, I I don't often you know I don't wonder like. The sports industry is such a powerful platform. What a greater platform for the enemy to use than the sports industry, right? And you look around and you see so many negative, negative stories going on in sports and and you see the money being thrown around and like, Mm. uh, you know, just, you know, everybody, the things they wear and like the, the fat, all of it. And it's like, I would really love to see such a powerful industry used for God's glory, right? Mm-hmm. To turn it around on the enemy and just yeah. just see the sports industry used for God's glory. Amen. So how can we as USG come alongside those who are pursuing careers in the sports industry to give them the tools to be a light for Christ in, in their mm-hmm. workplace and equip them to be disciples who make other disciples mm-hmm. um, and, and let those other disciples make other disciples and, and let this whole yeah. sports industry be a network of dis- mm-hmm. disciples who make disciples and tell others about Jesus and yeah. and use it as just a powerful industry to, to glorify who Jesus is, uh, how much he loves the world, and the opportunity everybody mm-hmm. has for eternal life. Um, through faith in Jesus. Yeah. And, and Adam, I think that's, it's just a beautiful picture. And I think what drew me to this ministry, it's, it's been two years for me now, is the fact that the, the world of sport is something that our culture, especially in, in, here in, the, in America, is so beloved. Right? You think about March Madness, and it's going on right now, and, and just how many people spend so much time and effort to, to make it make it happen, right? But also just to watch it and enjoy it. And the amount of money that is made, and, and it's it's all from this game, right, of a ball going into a, a basket, right? Think about even how basketball started. It was a, a guy having a, a group of, I think it was a group of guys just shooting into peach baskets, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it's just mind-blowing, honestly, of how much we love sports. But what a be- is there a better platform in the mm-hmm. world than to use sport as a vehicle for people to know Jesus, and especially if you work in it, mm-hmm. right? If you have this... You know, the logo on your polo is what we always say of like, 
if, if you're wearing a logo uh, on your polo, you have some status, right? Mm. You, people respect you a little more. And, and that's not always the best thing, but it's an opportunity. And that's what I love about this ministry is we use sport and we use this industry um, for God to be glorified, for people mm-hmm. to come to faith in Jesus, for disciples to be made. Um, and I remember our founder, Drew, saying, um, you know, he, he would love to see one follower of Jesus on every professional and college mm-hmm. sport team in the country. Something that always sticks with me of how awesome would that be that there's one disciple maker on every single college and professional sport team in this nation. And, um, you know, God's going to use that. And so um, love that you're here, Adam, obviously. it's It's been a long time now, but, you know, grateful to see what you're doing mm-hmm. and excited to see what God's going to do you know, through our staff, but more importantly, through our members. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, our ministry is about the members, and it's about what they're going to be doing to advance this gospel. So it's awesome, Adam. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing on that. And and lastly, Adam, I want to close just with some advice that you would be willing to give any of our listeners who are just struggling to understand God's purpose for their lives or how to practically live out God's purpose for their lives. Yeah, I think number one is, is, is to seek a word from the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, what is that? What what is the Lord calling you specifically to do? Yeah, and and that comes through asking Him. And and again, I said, you know, the answer doesn't always come right away. It can take yeah. months or years to come. Definitely. Where I was going to go in, in in ministry took years uh, to come about. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, while you're listening and while you're waiting for 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 that word from the Lord, is it, seeking to obey Him daily where you're at. Um, and, and what is he calling you to do yeah. today? And again, that comes through spending time with him. How is he calling you to invest yourself into the lives of, of those around you? And, and a lot of it for me um, has come through my daily scripture reading mm. and asking as I'm reading through the scripture, Lord, what are you calling me to obey today? And I can't tell you how many times the Lord has put on my heart to encourage somebody today. And, and I've went to encourage somebody and they'll be like, this is just what I've been asking yeah. for, you know, and it, it's like just being obedient day by day. So I think mm-hmm. number one is is seek out what the Lord is is calling you to do and, and ask Him yeah. and, and wait for Him t- to let you know. That's good. And then two, while you're waiting for that answer, to to obey and, and ask Him what He's calling you to do each mm-hmm. and every day. And, and how can you, I think really it goes back to how can you trust in Him and, and live out His purpose for you every day. And then I think... Like we talked about doing that and, and, and being attentive to that process, then the yeah. product ends up taking care of itself down the road. So well said, Adam. And, and Adam, just thank you for joining us today. It's always a pleasure just hearing you share. And uh, I hope our listeners are as encouraged as I am that their platform and their purpose in sport goes goes far beyond um, championships, promotions, mm-hmm. uh, money. It's, it's, it's about Christ and it's about his name being glorified. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks, Noah. Appreciate it. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at uncommonsg.org. That's uncommonsg.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern Time, as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.